Ladies and gentlemen, this is VM Evolution Podcast, and this is your main event of the evening with a 60-minute time limit. The man in charge of this episode is your host, Vic Muscat. He is the galaxy's greatest hero and the punk rock prince. Ryan Quill is joining us today. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. How about yourself? I'm doing fine. It's a little chilly out here, but it's for my fall. I mean, you can't, you gotta love it. Exactly. We're getting into that beautiful time of the year when the heat goes down and it gets that nice little sweet spot before it gets cold. I always say the heat goes down and the heat bill goes up. Yeah, it's very true. That's very true. Uh, thanks, Biden. But that's another story. That's, <laughs> and actually, I don't like, I didn't like either politician. So, anyways, so how would you describe yourself in one word? Man, if I had to describe myself as one word, um, you know, crazy, essentially. I mean, look at some of the stuff that I do, you know, jumping off the top rope and just crazy overall, enjoying getting hit, all that good stuff. Enjoying getting hit is a bit crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how did you get into professional wrestling? Man, um, when I got into professional wrestling, um, so it all started back in about 2006, um, I had remembered when I was a younger, younger child, um, my cousins came and stayed with us and they were watching the show. And of course I went to bed being a younger child, you know, you didn't stay up super late. Um, but I remember it was called raw and I was like, Hmm, okay. That's an interesting name for a show, whatever. Uh, a couple years later, I came back to it and was like, what was that show? They watched that one time. Oh, raw. Okay. Let me watch that and see what it really was. Turns out it was professional wrestling. Um, and I just, I fell in love with the industry at that point, um, and ended up watching it for probably two plus years before I actually got to go to a live event, um, fell in love with it even more when I got to go to a live event, because I got to go to the biggest stage of them all, WrestleMania, Mm -hmm. WrestleMania 24 was truthfully my first live show that I ever got to see with my dad. And, um, just watching that show in person and hearing the crowd's reactions to everything. It was incredible. Um, and basically was the turning point in my life where I was like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Like there's no other if, ands or buts about it. That was it. What do you remember about your first match in the ring? Oh man. My first match in the ring. Um, it was a rumble. I can remember that. So it was a rumble. Um, it was at the school I was at was celebrating their anniversary and it was like spur of the moment. Like it, I had been gunning to get to the Halloween battle Royal and they were like, Nope, guess what? You're ready. We're throwing you into this one. Good luck. Have fun. Um, I got out there. I have video of it somewhere. I think I lasted about a minute and 30 seconds. Um, I remember getting chopped quite a bit throwing some good punches in there some kicks um and ultimately you know got tossed out i remember hitting the floor walking to the back and be like man i'm so glad i started doing this because i can't see myself doing anything else so your first match is like you weren't like the focus point it was like other wrestlers in the ring as well and they just got chucked within 90 seconds exactly exactly it's like too bad. At least it wasn't one on one, and everyone's looking at you come the ring, and you got nervous or anything. Exactly. Yeah, that would that would not have been fun being a one on one match getting taken out in ninety seconds. 
So, yeah, I was glad it was a rumble. Um, it was definitely an interesting thing to do for your first match. What's something about the business that surprised you? Oh, man. Um, that's that's an interesting question because there's a lot of things. I always get surprised by something. Um, I'd have to say the camaraderie and the brotherhood that's behind the curtain that as a normal fan, like, you know, it's there, but you don't realize how deep it actually goes. Um, I've met some of my best friends in this industry through being in the locker room with somebody and going out there and beating the hell out of each other, coming back, giving hugs and just laughing and shooting shit for hours on end afterwards. Hey, that's the best way, isn't it? It truthfully is. It really is. It's just, it's, you just go like, you know, Hey, I didn't mean to hit you that hard, you know? And exactly. Hey, sorry. Didn't mean to clock you one, but I'm glad that we're back here sharing a beer or two talking and laughing. Yeah. Cause at the end of the day is just friends, you know? Exactly. Exactly. I think people don't have a hard time with that, but yeah, I think they take everything too personal these days, but that's just my opinion. It's true. That's very true. It's very interesting to watch the way that the business has to evolve now with modern day social norms coming into play. Yeah. So how did you get your names, Galaxy Greatest Hero and the Punk Rock Prince? So the Pop Punk Prince thing, um, that that was my first gimmick I ever had. Um, and it just kind of came to me at work one day when I was working after a training session. Um, I was, what, 22 at the time. And I was like, oh, I love pop punk music. Um, and nobody's really running with that gimmick. So why not give it a try and evolve it from there? Um, and then the Galaxy's Greatest Hero, um, I kind of stole that one. It's kind of copyrighted, but I don't use a lot of the copyright stuff um, because Disney is a big corporation and I don't feel like getting sued. Um, but I definitely stole it from Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, big Guardians fan, love Marvel. Um, and that's truthfully where I stole it from was the Guardians. Yeah, still, I mean, run with it. They haven't said anything yet. Exactly. They haven't said anything to me yet. And I've been running with that one for two plus years at this point. So run it till the wheels fall off or until they say something. Yeah, Rick Flair stole the Nature Boy off Buddy, I think Buddy Landell. I can't remember, but I know he stole the, that name, M.O., off someone. And look at him today. Hey, man, you know, if you can ride it till the wheels fall off, you might as well, right? That's right. So tell us about your travels to the events. My travels. Okay. Um, so uh, right before the COVID shutdown happened, I was based out in California for a little bit. Um, so I wasn't really traveling super much. Um, a lot of my stuff was done inside one venue or, you know, within like maybe 10 to 15 minutes from inside that same venue. Um, my first show I got to do that was an actual travel event for myself was going to be down in uh, Los Angeles for a company called Crimson Crown Wrestling. I wasn't really booked to wrestle. Um, they kind of brought me on as an extra referee kind of deal. I was really just going to get the experience of what it's like to work for a different promotion. Um, and once I got there, they were like, oh, we need somebody to squash. Okay, cool. I can do that. Um, I think the match lasted about two minutes and 30 seconds, maybe three minutes because they wanted it to be quick so they could continue on to the deathmatch stuff at the end of the night. Um, and it was, it was pretty incredible. Uh, I got to meet some cool people there. Uh, definitely would like to go back eventually down the road. Um, other than that, uh, I haven't worked much since the COVID shutdown. I've been trying to 
get back into the swing of things, but at the same time, it's a lot of balancing a lot of other things going on in my life. Um, so here in Florida, I've been running back and forth to shows to places like Ocala and uh, here in Orlando. Um, now I did just do a long jaunt. I did it all the way up to Tennessee. Um, wasn't the greatest experience that I've had. Uh, a lot of other people have voice their opinion on that and i've tried to step away from it as much as i can keep my mouth shut um, because you know dragging people under the bus and all that fun jazz is not the way to go for me necessarily but at the same time the situation was kind of messed up and not great you can say uh, whatever you want what are the odds of them listening to this show uh i think they're pretty good to be honest with you you know if adam's you listening flatter me then you flatter me if Adam's listening, like, you know, man, it really sucks. You couldn't pay me. Like, you know, I oh, sent you a message. You bro? Yeah, I was there. Yeah, okay. I know. Yeah, all right. Now we know. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, it sucks that they didn't pay me, and I've sent messages to them about it, about wanting my payment. Um, and it went as far as having another talent have to pay me out of pocket, out of their payout, just so I could have a little bit of cash to get home from Tennessee. Like, I mean, it sucks, but it is what it is. It's a learning experience, unfortunately. And I'm glad that, you know, a couple of my friends that I was going to bring along with me couldn't actually make the event because it would have sucked to get all the way up there and been screwed out of money like that for all of us. Do you know how their September, I think, 25th, their event went? The event uh, I have no idea. I blocked them on all social media because yeah. at this point, it was getting so toxic and gross that I was like, I don't even want to be involved or have my name anywhere close to any of this anymore because just things that were found out over time and everything it just they were a scummy business and the way they ran stuff was not the way you run this industry well if that was your like your worst wrestling experience what's the best wrestling experience oh man the best um you know i'd have to say that's a tie uh, probably between LA. I know it only lasted two minutes and 30 seconds, three minutes, whatever, but, um, it was neat to go down to another venue in a different city, you know, a couple hours away, whatever. Um, nobody know your name. Nobody know you at all. You get out there and everybody's cheering for you because you know, you're the big baby face. Oh my God, the big surprise, whatever. Um, and then I would have to say, um, it would finally be greenlit to finally have my first singles match. Um, I was part of a tag team for uh, a couple months there. Um, and we had plans to go pretty far. That's why we were still training and everything. Um, and the guy I was teaming with ended up deciding that professional wrestling really wasn't for him. Uh, didn't really talk to us much about it. Just kind of up and one day quit. And we had to hear it from the trainer that he had quit um, at a student show. And they were like, okay, perfect. We're going to put you in, one, in there with one of our most experienced veterans. Um, we're green lighting you to go on a single store, have fun, uh, be safe. And I think it was probably the most fun I've ever had in a match. Um, we had just gone to hell in a cell a few nights before, and we actually ran the Seth and Fiend spot from hell in a cell, the multiple curb stomps followed by the popping back up. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why I think it's one of my favorite matches that I've done. You think no, that you've done. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, you think that was one of your favorite Hell in a Cell matches? Because that ended in disqualification. You know, that's, uh, you know, that's a long story. Like, it was a good match, but I was definitely pissed off that, you know, they got disqualification in a Hell in a Cell. Something that should never happen. 
what ticked me off even more was the fiend. First of all, was an awesome character. Uh, he was probably one of the characters that came out that actually like wowed me. A long time in the WWE, and he took five car- curb stops. Worst thing, he kicked down one count, and then he just takes a spear and a half-ass jacket hammer from Goldberg, and then it's over. Yeah, and it's over. It's yeah, like, they definitely they definitely screwed him on the on the whole push thing. If I understand, Impact Wrestling signed him. Uh, you know, I, I don't like to speculate much. I hear rumors left and right, so I try to keep away from speculation of where they're going to show up. But it, it'll be definitely a moment when we find out. I just, I, I'm just like, as long as they're happy, happier in their new promotion, who cares? Exactly. That's all that really matters. So if you could have a dream match with any female or male wrestler, past or present in any promotion, who would it be? Oh, man. Now you're bringing up my whole list. Um, shoot, if I had to say current guys right now, um, number one would be probably Sammy Callahan. Always been a big fan of the Death Machine. Um, number two would be Jake Christ, another great guy who I feel like I would match up with pretty well. We're both kind of scrawny. We both move kind of quick. We both use kind of the same moveset, so it could be a fun little face-off there. Um, and then probably my third one would be Eddie Edwards. Um, if I had to look into the past though, I'd say people like Eddie Guerrero, um, shoot, who else? Brian Pillman, maybe guys that were smaller that, you know, were ahead of their time with the stuff they were doing. Sammy Callahan, you really must like to get hit. I really do. I really do. Uh, I feel like we would go to war and that would be something to watch for sure pay-per-view quality might i say myself um i think i'd even go as far as saying no disqualifications with sammy callahan who could be fun for me so with all the trolls out there what's the insult that you receive that you are the proudest of oh man um there's so many trolls out there um you know I think my recent most favorite one that I've been getting is from uh, that guy, Raven Skylark. Mm-hmm. He keeps commenting on all my stuff. You know, oh, I beat you. I beat you. Like, you know, whatever. Whatever. I don't really care. Like, that's your problem. That's your priority. Whatever. I thought we were friends, but it is what it is. I was going to ask you your opinion about Raven Skylark. <sighs> I mean, he's a good guy when he wants to be. But I know I can beat him. He runs like a scared little bitch to the promoters all the time to add a third man to every match that we're in together. So uh, he was telling me that he could beat you. I doubt it. I guess I try to have him on the show. Had Leo on, but not Raven Star Guy Arc. See, Leo's, Leo's a great guy. You know, I know Leo personally as well. You know, um, I've trained with Leo, walked around with Leo, we've had fun talks. You know, I feel like that's why uh, Skylark's jealous and always has an issue with me. Maybe he thinks that Leo is more of a friend of mine than his. And, um, yeah, I mean, Skylark, definitely, I got your number, bro. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for that moment. Leo's nice enough to be on the show in his car after work. Raven, though, too busy at the time. But I guess it's going for EWs does have time for us little people. Yeah, whatever. He's just a punk bitch. He can't handle it. So other than 
then coming on this show, do you have any regrets in your career? Any regrets in my career, man. Um, you know, I like to say a lot of my stuff that I've done, I don't regret it at all. Um, I think Warrior Pro probably is one of them. I try to keep away from regrets as much as I can, but I think that's one of them that I look back on and I'm like, man, I really regret doing that. Um, I think, and this, this goes back to that as well, because we were, me and uh, Raven Skylark had a nice little match. It was a tornado tag four way. And, um, you know, I regret not hitting him. I regret not beating his ass with that kendo stick I carried around. So actually just happened like, sorry, sorry. Yeah. I mean, I thought we were friends and, um, that's, you know, truthfully where this all began, I guess, because technically I was going to help him win to get his way up to a title shot. And, uh, at the end of the match, because he couldn't get the job done and it ended up in a double pin. Mm-hmm. He beat me with a kendo stick. So, you know, whatever. It is what it is. Leo told me that after this interview, Raven would probably want to come on. That's fine. Bring him on. (laughs) Maybe I can get both of you on at the same time. That would be interesting. That could be a moneymaker right there. I had already had two rivals on at one point. That could be a moneymaker episode. Yeah, I'd probably do something, work some magic. (laughs) Warrior Pro. I don't mean to laugh about Warrior Pro, but it's just like uh, their methods. I was like, I don't know much about business. I only graduate. I only got a two-year degree in college under business, but I was just like, yeah. I heard they were selling their less of the tickets for a dollar a piece. That's how. My dude, I'm not even going to lie to you. Um, they weren't even selling tickets at all. Oh, for not. the 10 people that were there, they weren't selling tickets at all. The first night was five. The second night was 10. Um, I actually had my dad, my stepmom, who had drove up to night two come to my room the next day knock on my door and hand me a 20 and say oh they didn't take our money at the door so we're gonna pay you instead at least got the 20 yeah i got a 20 out of it but still you know it's one of those things where it's like really you want to run a successful promotion but you can't sell tickets at the door you can't sell uh concessions you can't have ac in the building so nobody wants to sit inside it just it don't make sense to me then you want to insult your workers yes. after they've already worked and try to pay them per bump. They didn't pay the ticket guy last time. That's why they, no one could take tickets. It was ridiculous, man. It was ridiculous. It really was. So forget about Warrior Pro. Fuck them. Anyways, that's... Exactly. So what do you think professional wrestling should stop doing and start doing instead? Professional wrestling itself, you know, honestly, and I don't know if a lot of people believe in this one. Sorry, I'm putting that can down. Um, I believe that we should stop really giving a shit what the haters think because it's not for them. It's for us, for the fans who actually give a shit. Um, You know, and I mean, it is what it is. Like, if you don't want to do a realistic style fight, that's cool. Whatever. Like, take 20 super kicks and kick out at one. I don't care. Just enjoy what you're doing. You know, there's going to be people out there enjoying what you're doing. And as long as you're making money, it's all that matters, right? Yeah. And I think the whole Wednesday Night War 
and it was absolutely retarded. I mean, oh, I guarantee it is. Just because it's like when the Monday Night Wars happened, technology was absolutely different than it is now. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, whoever's product is the product you enjoy, then that's what you watch. Like, don't care about the other guy. It is what it is. Like, I can personally tell you, I don't like the WWE product right now. So I'm not watching it. I'm watching AEW. I'm watching Impact, New Japan, you know, anything that I find I enjoy right now. Later on down the line, they bring up a program I actually care about. Yeah, sure. I'll watch it again. I don't care. You know, it's all about find what you like and support it. Don't really give a shit about what anybody else is doing. Because at the end of the day, you're just giving them more uh, clout and everything. So they don't really matter. So you would not be watching that Crown Jewel event tomorrow? Unfortunately not. No. There's one match that I actually looked at that I was like, oh, that has potential. But other than that, I really don't care. It kind of makes it feel like they're making WrestleMania like the number two show of the year, doesn't it? You know, honestly, that's honestly when they did the first one, I said the same thing. It feels like they're trying to do a bigger version of WrestleMania out of the States. Yeah. Yeah, but they're getting $55 million doing it, so. Hey, man, you know, like I said, good for them. You know, make that money. Obviously, there's an audience for it, so might as well. Yeah, I saw Raw for the first time in three months last Monday. And I, I, I fell asleep halfway. Honestly. I was out. Honestly. And, on, and that kind of goes back to uh, something I wish they would stop doing is, you know, three hours is unbearable. Two hours yeah. is a sweet spot. And an hour is not long enough. So I wish they would start fixing that ratio there and start understanding that, you know, ratios are important, especially when it comes to watching shows. So you're against the interview that Nick Khan did. Uh, Vince's right hand man now who said that he's pushing for Raw to be four hours yeah I mean that's that is way too long I mean as somebody who has gone to multiple Wrestlemania's has gone to multiple pay-per-view events you know I live in Orlando so I got to go to a lot of the impact tapings when they were here as well um yeah six hours in a studio was killer like to the point that you'd go to work next day and your feet would be sore as hell um Four hours, way too long. Three hours, okay, I'm falling asleep. Two, it's right there. That's where it needs to be. That's where it should always be. Anything over two is too long. Would you agree that like show-wise should be two hours, but like pay-per-views, including the pre- like a half-hour pregame show, three hours is okay? Oh, 100%. Um, pay-per-views are a different story, if you ask me. So a regular TV show, yeah, maybe keep it around two hours. You're not going to have the excitement or the build around it like a pay-per-view will. A pay-per-view, I could see keeping people awake for quite a while throughout the day. Um, but yeah, I just, a regular weekly show should not be more than a two-hour show. Yeah, I agree. And I think AEW is starting to kind of fall in that trap a little bit because they're like, we don't have more than two hours, but you have like one, two, three, four two-hour shows. It's like, I don't have time to watch that all that wrestling. You know, I wish I did, but I got kids I got to watch. Exactly. See, and that's the thing. So I do appreciate the fact that they do split it up between days. Um, but I kind of wish that they would split it up for days when there wasn't other things going on. Um, yeah. So it's kind of like, take Fridays, for example. Yeah, I know that, you know, SmackDown only runs about 30 minutes into Rampage, but I kind of wish that, rampage was on a different day like a saturday morning or a sunday morning you know something like that 
a morning kind of show. Um, it was kind of like when Impact went head to head with Raw when they did the Monday night thing that they were doing. It just, you know, it was like, you're going to lose viewers to this show because they want to see this person compared to this show where they don't really give a shit, but they want to watch it because it's wrestling. Um, so it's interesting. It's an interesting dynamic to look at. Um, but yeah, I wish it was like every day of the week it was a different show, but you know, you didn't have to watch it if you don't really care. I just came to the conclusion of wrestling is just like good politics. It's like people say you have to pick a Democrat or Democrat or Republican. Who says I have to pick one or the other? What if I want to be independent? Exactly. Like WWE or AEW, you gotta pick one or the other. Well, what if I just like independent wrestling? Honestly, honestly, I actually find myself watching independent wrestling more than I watch at most of the big TV shows. Yeah, me too. These days, I'll just go on Fight Network, get something I never seen before, and I'll be like, "Okay, I'll give this a try." If it's like ten, fifteen dollars. Exactly. Last Saturday, last Saturday, I saw the uh, Indie Super Show for the in Super Indie Super Show title from IWC. Oh wow! Okay. And, yeah, and- I mean, Fight TV is great. Another one I like to watch is um, IWTV, mm-hmm. Independent Wrestling Network, um, and they have some pretty good stuff on there as well. I think it's like nine bucks a month, but I really enjoy that one. Um, the impact plus app is pretty nice as well. Um, I mean, it's nice to have those alternatives. You know, a lot of people compare, you know, um, like to think that impacts one of those bigger companies. Um, I personally look at it right now, like an indie style. Um, cause that seems like where they're at level wise, they're like an ROH style level. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I mean, it's great to watch these shows and have so much options to watch. It really is. Does it feel like that Vince just took NXT and made it into his own independent wrestling promotion? Um, like new guy, new young guys you never heard before going the ring. You know, honestly, I'd have to kind of agree on that. It feels very much like a independent show that's being heavily produced. Um, you know, I, I've never fully agreed upon the NXT thing. I've never fully been into it. Um, but you know, it's interesting. It's definitely interesting. I don't really take the time out of my day to watch NXT, but it's neat. It's neat to watch. It's neat to see these things evolve. Yeah. Once in a while it's neat, but I still prefer independent wrestling. Uh, Independent wrestling is organic. It's not like 100%. Like they're not trying to put like money and say like, look at us. It's not like trying to to shine a turd up or anything like that. Say, look at this. This is shiny. No, it's just organic yes and wrestling shit but you know just you ain't example i can think of it's gritty it's real it's you know these people who are actually like struggling to make a name going out there and doing what they do you know trying to get somewhere to make good money so they can actually do it as a living like you know i guarantee a lot of us are trying to do what do you think wwe could do to improve their product um honestly Make it more real. Give your give your people a little more organicness to them. Um, you know, it seems like, and you know, this isn't me shooting on anybody or anything, but anytime somebody seems to start getting over organically on their own, um, they get punished for it. They get pushed to the bottom of the barrel and get, you know, basically screwed over because, you know, they didn't want you to be pushed. So why should we let you get over? And you know that that truthfully is how it seems. Um, 
you know, I get paying your dues and everything. And that it's very important to pay your dues, but at the same time, let you guys get over, um, you know, and stop using legends like doormats, basically is the best way I can describe it. I mean, look at what they've done with Jeff Hardy, you know, I get it. Yeah. You know, go, you're the legend. You're going to put these kids over, but at the same time, you know, like this guy's got, you know, so much left in the tank. Why keep using them to bring in these new guys and have them do these silly feuds when this guy could be chasing world titles? I mean, it's incredible. Um, but, you know, they're going to do what they're going to do. They don't really care about what we think for the most part, it seems. They yeah. said they were at one point, but they really seems like they don't because they get good feedback every week and just blow it off. So. So if you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice before you start wrestling, what would it be? Man, I'd give that kid a lot of advice. Um, watch your knees, protect your knees, because you're going to need it. Um, watch out for the snakes in the grass. Love yourself. Enjoy what you do. Put 100% into it and don't let anybody else stop you. Don't take any shortcuts. And just, man, like, work your ass off. Because trust me, it's worth it. It really is. Everything I've done on this journey and this adventure has been so worth it to me. Like, if I had known, you know, back being this 20-something kid who, man, my, my journey has been incredible. Um, had I known that I would be at this point now, then I don't know what I would have done differently. I don't think I would have done anything differently, actually. Um, I've actually had a pretty cool journey. So so we're at the part of the show now that I always do this part when it's like the halfway mark, where I just ask you five, I call it bullshit questions, but some people okay. say my questions are like, make them think it's actually good questions. So whether you think they're bullshit or not, I'm still going to ask them anyways, okay? Fine by me. In the prime, who would win? The Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, or IRS? Oh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I'm going to have to say the Million Dollar Man. Yeah. Why is, that? So. Why is that? You know, I just, I always found myself drawn to the Million Dollar Man. I feel he was the bigger star. Um, so I definitely think that Vince probably would have put him over more. Theta four-way, King Kong Bundy, Earthquake, Bam Bam Bigel, and Big Van Vader. Who would win? Ooh, okay. We got a bunch of big men. Um, you know, I'm going to have to say Vader on this one, actually. I mean, he he's such a badass, you know, popping his eye out in the middle of a match and popping it right back in and finishing it up. Like, he, you know, you can't go wrong with that. So, yeah, I have to say Vader would probably go over on that one. Name one wrestler in the Attitude Era that you like to wrestle against. Ooh, in the Attitude Era. Um, you know, there's actually quite a few people. Um, I would like to say probably X-Pac. Probably a younger Shawn Michaels. Um, a younger Jeff Hardy, for sure. Guy was crazy. Um, and probably, probably Devon. Which wrestler in the WWE you think has the best ink? Ooh, 
Um, there's quite a few of them now too, which is great. This, that makes this question much harder. Um, you know, truthfully, I'd have to say Randy Orton. He's probably got the best ink over all of them. Just looking at it quality wise, as well as the amount. It's probably the best that there is right now. Hey, come here for a second. Let's say hi. Mm -hmm. This is my wife, by the way. Hi. hi, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Without her, this podcast would not be happening. <laughs> she definitely holds the fourth down so I can talk to great guys like you. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. You, your work's always appreciated. Thank you. I know I just embarrass the crap out of you. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good fun. So now I just lost my train of thought. That's that's great. That the dirty look that she gave me. <laughs> so book your ultimate fantasy match. Ooh, fantasy match. Okay. Um let's go Motor City Machine Guns versus the Hardy Boys versus the wolves in a triple threat ladder match do if everyone's at their prime just top of their game 100 percent, top of their prime ready to go high flying spots everywhere that would be a wicked match that would be oh, i'm telling you yeah i mean if you think about it that would be insane what do you think um this is not part of the five questions, but what do you think is the best wrestling finish that you've ever seen? Ooh, the best finish I've seen. Um, that's actually a great question because I'm always finding new ones that I'm like, man, that's really cool. I wish I could do that. Um, I think right now, I'm thinking it's probably going to be the 630. Mm -hmm. I think the 630 splash is probably the most incredible thing I've seen right now. Uh, Sammy Guevara does that, doesn't he? I believe he does. Yeah, I yeah, believe Ricochet yeah. can do it as well, but he doesn't do it as often. Oh, Ricochet's such an awesome athlete. WWE is just pissing his career away. Honestly, yeah. I mean, that guy's got something, but you know, unfortunately, they don't see it, which sucks. But it is what it is. You know, good for him. He's making money regardless, so that's all that really matters right now. You know, he can have fun later on. So if you could have one stipulation with a match against Raven Skyark, what would it be? Um, you know, that's a great question. Um, I would have to say I would like no disqualifications inside a cage. So weapon, you know, kind of like a lethal lockdown style that Impact does with the weapons and the cage. Um, yeah, I think that because there's no getting away from me. There's no adding a third man, and I'm going to beat his ass with some weapons. Since you're a, or were a WWE fan, what was you think match was better, War Games or Hell in a Cell? Ooh, um, personally, I'm a big fan of War Games. I prefer the two rings with the bigger cage. Hell in a Cell's cool. Um, the more recent Hell in a Cells have kind of sucked because there's no door on it. Nobody's really doing the breakout spots where they're going to the top of the cage or anything. Um, but war games is definitely a different style. Without the door, it's just a Thunderdome cage. Exactly. No school NWA at Thunderdome cage. That's all. Exactly. So what does the future hold for Ryan Quills? 
Oh man, the future for Ryan Quill. Um, well, first we're gonna go back to training. We're gonna start training again, getting stronger, getting better. You know, get ready to beat the shit out of Raven Skylark eventually down the line. Um, I see myself working more often. I want to run around here in Florida for a little bit. Um, I want to start running to other states, start running more shows. Um, eventually, I would like to try to hit a tryout for somebody along the line somewhere. Um, I'm not the best on the microphone, as you can tell by my promos and everything. And uh, yeah, I just, I see myself using this as a career. I mean, I work for theme parks right now and it does what it does for me to be able to wrestle. But at the same time, I would like to make this into a career where I can just wrestle full time, work for fun. Um, and just, you know, go to big places and do big things, even if it's just running the indies for a little while. I didn't think your mic skills were that bad. They're not great. They never have been because um, I'm not the biggest mic guy. I get kind of awkward, especially when it comes to promoing in front of people, especially when I'm out of character because um, I used to have to do promo classes out of character and they were not good. Um and that was part of my issue. And I still have it today. I get a little weirded out by talking in front of people. And it just, um, I say I'm a lot and, and, and it just uh, comes out weird. I don't know. It's just a strange tick I have, I guess. So if you had to do a promo for Raven Skywalk, would it just be like a double fingers and a punch in the face? Um, at this point, yeah, probably. I'm kind of over his trolling all the time. So I'm ready to get this thing started and get it over with, especially, you know, whoever will pick us that match up. I'm ready to just get this thing going. I never thought he was a troll. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, he definitely gets on my fan page a lot and trolls me a lot. Um, in my personal messages, he's talked about buying my merch and just burning it as a promo video and all that random crap. Um, and it kind of irritates me after a while where I'm like, man, come on, stop talking so much and just actually do it then. Yeah, because it seems like it's just a lot of this and not a lot of fight. And if he buys your merch and burn it, you can still collect on the merch. So it's just I'm like, still collecting the money from it. So yeah, he probably realized that he's like, why am I gonna pay him to burn his merch? Exactly. It's just it's stupid. So where can our listeners find you online? Oh, man. Um, let me go ahead and pull it up on my phone because there's so many of them. It's hard for me to remember it all. Um, so, you know, get it all right. Get it all out there. First of all, there's going to be my Facebook page um, and it's going to be just Ryan Quill. You trust me. You'll know it's me. I just have a bigger beard um, on Instagram. It's going to go under the shadow Walker. So shadow underscore Walker underscore Ryan underscore Quill. On Twitter, which another place that Raven, Raven Sky like, likes to try to troll me, is going to be at Real Ryan Quill. Um, Pro Wrestling Tees, Ryan Quill on there as well. Um, and that's really the only places I have right now at the moment until they come out with something new for me to try to get my name out there on. I definitely got to get you and Raven on. Oh, please do. Please do. I'd love to have us go back and forth. I de definitely. And I know my co-host couldn't make it tonight. 
then again, my two calls, one's from Texas and one from Illinois. So, so it's kind of hard sometimes to totally makes sense, but you know, I'm just trying to bring young podcasters into the spotlight, give them their shot. Yeah, man, for sure. Definitely. I really enjoy doing it. I appreciate the opportunity to come on and talk and, uh, you know, get my story out there. Cause there's so much that people don't know and so much more to tell. It's crazy. I think you're one of those diamonds in the rough. Man, I appreciate that. Yeah, I definitely have a lot to tell, a lot to say. Um, I have a lot to give. Um, I mean, my matches tell a story each time. And usually it's the story of the underdog who nobody really knows or cares about that comes in and does what has to be done, even if it means that uh, get the hell beat out of me. Now I think about it, my co-host probably wouldn't want to be part. I told them they, they could be part of the Warrior Pro because I had a couple of the wrestlers on and I had Adam and Charles on one point. And I was like, yeah, you guys could, could be moderate, you know, help me break this apart and stuff like that. It would be funny. And it was all hell broke loose. Oh, man, I could imagine. Yeah, um, Leo had actually messaged me about it and said, hey, here's a chance to talk if you want to talk. And I... um. Like I said, I was trying to keep my nose out of the drama and keep my name under the radar and um, let them do all the talking for me. But I mean, there's a lot of the story that isn't really known. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of us know that story, but that of course got drowned out because Adam has to have his way and kind of hide the truth. Uh, tie, hide the, this hiding the truth and stupidly hiding the truth. Yes. honestly yeah i mean i stayed we i drove down to atlanta and stayed in atlanta for a few days um and just it was constantly adam posting stupid shit apologies to us and then complaining some more on the internet and apologies again and just i mean the amount of talent that we're getting pissed off over it was kind of like dude what the fuck are you doing you shouldn't be in this industry all you want to do is talk shit and make people look bad and do your thing it's not how this works because first I had Adam on just to talk about Warrior Pro. Then the wrestlers started DMing me. I was like, okay, we'll get you together. I had to do a third part. I had to just do an episode because Adam kept on interrupting. And Charles kept on interrupting. So I did a show with the wrestlers. It's like Adam and Charles does not know about this. And they never did. Yeah. I mean, Charles, um, don't get me started on Charles. Charles <laughs> liked to badmouth the wrestlers, even after shows or whatever. Um, he was not there present for the show to have anything happen or know the truth. Um, Charles has no in experience in this industry. Charles is a fan. Charles doesn't know what he's doing. Um, and basically Charles has seen me before warrior pro at a little company called East Bay pro wrestling, which is the place where I train. Um, and he's very much still a fan. Very much still a fan. Can't separate truth from gimmick. Why can't it be make it simple? Just podcast if you're a fan. Exactly. Exactly. Not running a promotion or whatever, but eh, anyways, Ryan, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate your time. And we'll keep in touch and get you versus Raven. Please do. Um, I do want to say, though, that if Skylark's anywhere out there, listening or watching in like he said he was going to um i'm challenging you bro i want no disqualifications no hold barred no third man just you and me 
And I want this so bad that um, I'm prepared to put my career on the line. I'm going to put my career on the line for this one. You don't have to put anything forward. Just accept my challenge and um, lose like a man. So one-on-one, no disqualification, and your career is on the line. Career is on the line. Let's do this thing. I'm sick and tired of all the talking. I just want to end this shit now and get it over with. You've got I mean, one. If I come out on the bottom, I come out on the bottom. Like it is what it is. Obviously, I wasn't meant to be in the industry. But you did forget one important part. What's that? The verbal one-on-one on the evolution. Ah, well, yes, we need that as well. <laughs> yeah, we can use that. We'll definitely use that. We use that for sure to draw some hype around this. But yeah. That's what I want, Skylark. And if you don't comply with it, then I'm just going to start showing up and costing you things. I know you got that world title match coming up. Who's to say I don't show up? Who's to say I don't curb stomp you into oblivion or hit you with my stage dive cutter? I'll make sure he hears this. Please do. I would definitely make sure. Well, thank you very much for your time. We'll keep in touch. Yes, sir. Thank you. Appreciate the time. And I wish you luck in your future endeavors, wherever you do. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate it. You take care of yourself. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.